Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 252. This week we have Gang Green gets committee assignments, Slap and Tickle, the Georgia State budget, declining student numbers, and our highlighted bills of the week. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, writer, journalist, just a blogger, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. That is too many. That's just too many? Too many hats? Mm-hmm. Yes, too many hats. Um, what's up? How was your week? It was it was lovely. How was your week? Ah, uh, wasn't, wasn't too busy. Uh, had my first board meeting as, or as a member of the board with uh, Shepherd's Rest uh, Ministries, which is a battered women's shelter. And uh, I told you, I'm kind of kind of out of place. Yeah. They're all way better people than I am. Ah, uh, well, that does happen sometimes when you mix boards like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't be me in that room. <laughs> no, I, I'm very proud to be a part of the, uh, any part of the, that organization and do whatever I can to help them. And if anybody wants to help out uh just google shepherd's rest uh uh home or shepherd's rest ministry in paulding county they do incredible work and it wasn't until i sat on the board i saw how thin their budget is yeah i think I mean, those types of things always amaze people when they sit on a board for any organization really um that's truly local like that you know i think it shocks people that yeah, they, and they uh, Dr. Melton, do a who, lot. who runs the place, Tuesday morning rescued a, and this is this is why she's so good at what she does. She rescued a woman who uh, was has been trapped in her home. Her husband has pretty bad PTSD apparently, but he turned the house into a fortress and watches watches all the cameras and walks around with an AR strapped to his back and and she's petrified. And, and, you know, anywhere she, she goes, you know, he limits where she can go and stuff like that. So they did a rescue on the run when she was taking the kids to school or whatever was whatever's going on uh, last Tuesday morning. Which is, uh, was able to rescue her without anybody getting hurt. Uh, obviously, the guy needs needs help. Mm-hmm. But not not the expense of his, of his wife and kids. But they were able to do, to do a rescue, get, get her uh, into the house and... and Start getting everybody checked out medically and then psychologically and and all that stuff and then get a a, a TPO and Doc Melton's expert at, at all that stuff and has all the connection all the connections to make that kind of stuff happen. It just amazes me that they do it on, on as little money as they do. It's because they're not that this was ever a question, but because they're truly passionate about what they do and committed to it. You know. Yeah, they can, they don't get any state funding. Because they have the word ministry in their name, mm-hmm. so there's it is 100% charity. And, and if if Doc Melton hadn't bought, she has two houses: a uh, crisis house, which is a place to take the take women and kids right now, and then they have a transition house where it's I don't want to say halfway home because because women didn't do anything wrong, but it's a way to for a lot of times part of abuse is not having any control of your finances. So these right. women leave with nothing. But it's a place where they can go and start getting a job and and work on getting a car and and uh, and finding a place to live and you know move on with life you know without their abuser. Well, it's important work. It's great work, and I'm very proud to be associated with them. I just. Uh, sitting in that room and, and everybody, anybody who's listened to the show has heard, you, you know, I, I have a darker sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure those people have senses of humor too. They just don't, you know. It's not the place in. for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the place for it. Yeah. So anyway, my congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, got committee assignments. Yeah, she's somebody again. And I, I knew this was this was coming down. As soon as she endorsed McCarthy, I'm like, she made a deal. He she probably was went on- to her early on and was like, "Listen, crazy pants." 
Yeah, all this great stuff you want to do, you need a committee to do it. And she was the only member of Congress that if you went to visit her, you would have to be like, okay, uh, Ms. Green, I, I've got to go. You know, usually when you, when, you, when you visit with a congressman on Capitol Hill, they're in and out. I mean, it is, you're in between, they're in between meetings, in between a committee of, of, of meetings and stuff, and they'll, they'll blow in, shake everybody's hand, say, you know, talk to my chief of staff if you need anything. Uh, uh, here's, you know, here's my email, here's my number, and then boom, they're off, they're off to the next meeting. And she's one that she had nowhere else. She had nowhere to go. If they weren't, if if they weren't, you know, all in in the uh, in the in the hall in the big room, there's nothing nothing for her to do besides just sit in her office and twiddle her thumbs. So I think that that finally got to her that okay, I need to be a little less nuts. Well, she wasn't really representing her district. That's true. Any yeah, any legislation she dropped was dead on arrival. Which and now that is, do you now think that, that part's going to change? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think she should probably. I, I know as much as you want to be able to go back to your district and say, "Look, look the bills I signed on to." We we know, especially after uh, dealing with uh, David Ralston, there are names that if it gets signed to a piece of legislation are dead just because mm-hmm. the the rank and file don't like that person. Because, I mean, the problem with Marjorie Taylor Greene is that there's a lot of people who just still don't want to be associated with her because she's a lightning rod um, across the board, you know? She's kept the crazy down <clears throat> in the, in the last year has, or so. She has, but... Sometimes it's too late in terms of the allies in the house. Yeah, I mean, she she went from being a regular on Fox News to even Fox was like, we're not touching that. Yeah. You know, it's she's got to, she's got to get herself a, a, a little more under, under control with stuff, and it seems like she has. Her her constituents love her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she won re-election easily. It's not like her seat's in danger. Right. But she was appointed to the House Oversight and Accountability Committee and the Homeland Which, Security Committee. Yeah. Obviously, that's a the second. I mean, they're both good committees, but that second one is super powerful. Yes, it is. That that's that's a that's a big nod, big thank you for for not not pulling a gets and and I, I don't necessarily think what think what gets did ultimately was wrong or bad because he got he got some concessions from McCarthy by holding you know by holding up the the proceedings but she was 15 rounds strong yep never wavered i mean yeah, she, she wavered on her values by voting for him in the first place but uh she didn't waver once she committed to him that's for sure well, I think she has learned that you really have two choices up there. You can be part of the sausage grinding or not. Yeah. At least if you get if you get a, if you get a seat at the table, you get a chance to to work work your values into a bill. If you if you're not even invited to the table, you get nothing. And a lot of times it's not whole pieces of legislation that that reps do for their for their home districts. It's one piece inside of a larger piece because these bills they pass are a thousand pages. Half of them are deals that in order to get different reps to sign on to it and and stick things in the bill. Yeah, I don't know it. Well, we can all say that's wrong, but it, that that's that's the way it's done up there. Yeah. What's in it for me? What 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 can I take home to my district if you want me to vote on this? So with the Homeland Security Committee in her statement, she said, obviously she's talking about border and the border and Biden. Um, and she said, our southern border is being invaded by millions of illegal aliens, criminals and potential terrorists. Our people are being murdered by Chinese fentanyl 
flooding in from cartels. Our Border Patrol and ICE agents have their hands tied and have been turned into a welcoming committee by the Biden administration. Cyber attacks continue on our nation's people and businesses, along with many more threats to our homeland. Um, It's time for accountability. We will investigate the Biden administration's violations of our laws and fund and defund programs to defend our border and American sovereignty. It's a lot she's taken on or planning on taking on. Yeah. You know, there's a very real risk here to Republicans. I know they want the, the red meat for the base, for their base. But there's a real danger of launching so many investigations that no, nothing else uh, is getting done. And I don't know that that'll play well in two years. Yeah. But some of them risk it because they talked about it so much that they have no choice but to follow through because they hammered it so hard. Right. It's it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting juggling act. Um the the Homeland Security or is either Homeland one of her committees would be it may have been the Homeland Security that that it would give her the not her but that committee has the authority to start uh, proceedings against Mayorkas. Start to impeach him. Mm-hmm. The The problem here is impeachment's not going to go anywhere. You're going to have to make a hell of a case to get, up to, to get enough senators to sign off to, to impeach Mayorkas. Yeah. Now, I think he should be gone. I mean, there's several uh, uh, administration people that that should be gone. I, I think that Fauci should have been should have been re- removed from office a long time before he retired. Will it happen? I don't know. Will anything actually get done? I don't know. They're going to hold these investigations, and the policy wonks out there will will sit and watch the committee hearings where they're grilling uh, Mayorkas and other people about the border, but what actual authority they're going to have. I don't know. I did you, Not much. Did you see her statement on her oversight and accountability appointment? No, go ahead. So, um, she said, we will return the role of the oversight committee to investigating waste, fraud, abuse, and mismanagement of the federal government, which is exactly what the American people are fed up with. Joe Biden, be prepared. We are going to uncover every corrupt business dealing, every foreign entanglement, every abuse of power, and every check cut for the big guy. And it's not just the Biden crime family. The GOP majority will investigate every bit of government being used to abuse the American people. Every three out of four letter agency or every three and four letter agency will now have to answer to Republican oversight, not the rubber stamp of the Democrat rule. So, you know, I think one of the things I hate about national politics is the way, I'm not saying that the issues that she's talking about aren't aren't real. I'm not saying that at all, but just the way that and the, um, narratives are framed and the partisanship I can't stand that crap and I think it's inappropriate when you're coming from your office like your official office. this isn't her campaign this is her congressional office and I think we've made a mockery of decorum like everybody not just her I'm certainly not just going after her um and I I feel like you know I feel like she I think she thinks she has to talk like that to get attention but if she just if she just spoke about, you know, like everyone hates federal agencies. Everyone has a federal agency they hate, at least one, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Most of us hate all of them, but everyone's got at least one. So just communicate, people like meet them where they are instead of sending out a flare and being hyperpartisan. I just can't stand that. Well, I'm not a big fan of theater, musical or otherwise. Mm. Um, I'm not a big fan of holding holding these these hearings just for the sake of getting your soundbite. And it's 
you're you you bring somebody you bring somebody up, and uh, uh, depending on whether it's House or Senate, you know you have members or you have senators sitting sitting up above this person, and they get two minutes to ask a question, and they do one minute fifty seconds about themselves, and then throw a question in. Uh, it's it's absolute political theater, and it's and it's all about getting getting that sound bite. I have two minutes. I want to say something that is that is good enough to get on the news. I mean, and Ted Cruz is pretty good at it. Ron Paul is very good at it. Uh, with la- landing landing those punches, but besides the the theater of it all and the pageantry, what does it accomplish? Mm-hmm. She should, you should be informing people as you go. I guess that's where she. I mean, obviously, I'm a Rand Paul fan, so I'm a little bit biased. But I feel like if you like, if you listen to his elevator speeches, and, and his dad was the same way, you can get something out of it. Like you learn something almost every time you listen to them talk. His dad was in politics. <laughs> ha. Um, and I feel like you know that's what's lost in the hyperpartisan narratives and and the red meat of this crap is yes and they they all want something they have to take back to their district to to put out with with the with the zingers they get in that's what i don't like about about political debates now that they have on tv it's all about getting the zinger it's all about getting that sound bite that's gonna be played over and over and over again mm-hmm. it's not about actual policy debate that'd be ridiculous but it's also our fault as a society is that's what we want you know, we want the real housewives uh, flipping over tables and pulling hair and stuff. That's what people want. People want Jerry Springer. And we we get the we get the government we deserve. We do. So we have a little slap and tickle here. Walker campaign staffer uh, uh, lawsuit says a GOP activist groped him. So first, I feel like we should acknowledge how dedicated this person is to the party because they obviously waited until the election season was over to file this. Yeah, um, I guess. I mean, yes, we need to we recognize that it. They waited till till it was over. It's also. I don't, first of all, we don't know how how true this is. Uh, it's Matt Schlapp. Uh, most people who follow national politics know who he is. He's a talk, uh, repeated talking head on on different different stations. Obviously, from the from the right side of the aisle. But the staffer uh, says some weird stuff. Man, it's, he's looking for nine million in damages. Uh. It accuses Schlapp of aggressively fondling the staffer's genital area. Mm-hmm. I mean, it started off with I guess they were sitting uh, sitting next to each other, and his his uh, uh, his leg was 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 touching me. I'm like, um, that happens a good bit. Yeah, a few people in, sitting at the bar. I mean, your your legs are gonna in, touch. I thought it was in the car. Was it in the car. But I was, I was yeah. saying they were at the bar, but I'm like, I'm like ah, that happens all the time. It's not sexual if I if my leg bumps up against somebody else's. Right. The groping allegedly happened in a car ride. Um, the other part, I mean, nine million yeah, dollars is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Uh, I don't. I I don't know what to say. But I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, we're. We're supposed to uh, believe uh, victims, and it seems to me that's not something that that I would throw out there had it not been true. Because it embarrasses him as much as anybody else. You know, his name is not anywhere in, in the stories. As a well, victim, we protect victims. When we were reading the, when I was reading the the article, what I was thinking was like. 
$9 million is a lot of money. They're probably starting, this is my this is my thought process. $9 million is a lot of money. That's probably their jumping off point because, you know, these types of things settle. And I was like, you know, these types of cases often happen because people know they're going to settle. And the other side settles because it's better than going to trial and having some sort of public hearing or anything like that. And I'm like going through all this and then I'm thinking, you know, it is a risk that somebody would make these accusations and like if this did happen to him you know it's at risk his name will probably come out at some point it almost always does um and then if it isn't true and he gets humiliated about it at some point but he gets two three five million dollars is that worth it like i don't know i guess people have to weigh that whether they're actually a victim or not i mean they have to weigh how much is all of this worth to them i've never I've never understood the civil pursuit of, quote, justice in things like this. Um, if it was sexual assault, and which it, it, it would be by, by definition. Right. Why aren't we going after him criminally? Well, criminally, it would be he said, she said. And perhaps, I mean, we don't we don't know. This is me speculating, but... If, a, if if the law enforcement agencies were any good, they would say, well, if you don't have any proof, I'm, I'm really sorry this happened to you, but there's nothing we can do. Um, and and that would be appropriate. Maybe but, in Georgia. He might, he might get that anywhere else in the country. Or not anywhere else, but if... Uh, uh, if, 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 if Well, it happened, it happened in Georgia. In Fulton County with, uh, under Fannie Willis. You don't think Fannie would throw caution to the wind and go after slap? I don't know, because it would be Slapping the law Fanny. enforcement agency, not the district attorney's office. Right. I mean, so I- law enforcement, as busy as they are, they don't have time to be chasing down. He- they, they really don't. That's the what's so frustrating about a lot of the cases that we talk about down here is that they don't have time to be chasing down rabbit holes of he said, she said, when there's absolutely no evidence. You know. Yeah, it's hard to, yeah it would be hard to find evidence of a grope. Unless somebody it be, was- and it's going to be hard to find evidence enough to in a civil suit for this. Well, you don't have the same burden of proof. You don't, but what evidence do you have at all? And Schlapp is going to have to decide what it's what his reputation's worth to him to just make it go away. Well, apparently it's worth a lot because he's planning on a countersuit. The statement that his legal team said was it's false and the Schlapp family is suffering unbearable pain and stress due to this false allegation from an anonymous individual. Um, and the legal team is assessing countersuit options. Well, they always say that stuff before they settle. Oh, I know. Well, I'll sue you back. Um, I don't know. It's, it's such a, such a weird story to me. Even if it was, even if it was, uh, between a male and a female, it's just, it, it, it's strange, it's strange to me to, 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 Thing in the middle of a campaign, which is a which is a long grind, and, it, and the Walker campaign was a long, long grind. Uh, same thing for for Warnock, because it just went on forever. Well, less so for Warnock because he didn't have a challenger in the in the primary. Um, to think that you're that you're in a car, you're in a car, and then we're I'm gonna I don't know I don't know what would give anybody the green light to think that was okay. I don't know if. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what what would go through someone's head. Even if even if Schlapp has those uh, those tendencies, uh, but what would make you make you think that 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 person's gonna be receptive to it? It's I, I very don't, messy, I don't know. and it's it's very messy, and it it kind of goes back to the conversation we've had about. Men in cars. I mean, this was male and male, and I mean, you know, we don't, we don't know. But it's certainly interesting. It's certainly these types of things that continue to happen certainly make the case for having at least three people in every vehicle, not just, you know, like. Yeah, and 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 I and I make jokes about that. Um, 
I was going to a campaign event with uh, a campaign secretary. Uh, she's a friend of mine. She actually listened to the show a good bit. Um, but there was something in the back seat we needed from. Uh, uh, we're doing something, doing something for a campaign event. So she was leaned over with her head all the way down in the back seat, looking for something, and her butt was square up in the air. I'm like, you know, if my wife drives by right now, I'm a dead man. <laughs> you know, it is. It, it's, it's well, not because we were riding in the car together. It's just the, the position she was in to get something out of the back seat. It's like, I'm like, you, I'll stop. We'll go look in the back seat. I can't have people seeing me with your butt up in the air driving around. Right. <laughs> And there was and there's and there's nothing there was nothing to it and I, and I laughed about it with my wife afterwards like yeah you'd have some explaining to do if, if I if I saw that without context but yeah you feel like you need a you, you it feels like it's like the doctor who has has a nurse in the room to do an examination now it feels like that's what you need you need, you need a third witness or run a camera or something because you never know when the accusation's coming. And it being male on male, it doesn't mean the accusation is, is is any less has any less gravity to it, right? Because uh, Schlapp, within political circles, especially within that campaign, has power. And I guarantee you that staffer didn't have as much power Schlapp did, and I'm sure he doesn't want his name getting out there because the next campaign is not going to pick him up. You know, we don't we, we don't need sure. that. Uh, I don't know if it happened. It'll be, I don't think we'll ever know how much he gets. It'll be an undisclosed amount to an undisclosed person. And who's going to win? The lawyers. The lawyers always win in a, in a tort situation. Sure. Yeah. You know, who wins in divorce? The lawyers. Yeah. It's ugly. It's going to be bad, but. Hey, look, if Schlepp didn't do this, I, I feel for him. I really do. If he did, screw him. But no, if, if, he, if he didn't do this or it was, I don't know how you misconstrued fondling in a car. Um, and, I, and I've said before, uh, even sometimes you, you, you zig when you should zag and you end up, you know, brushing against somebody that you didn't mean to and it's embarrassing and nobody says anything about it. You just kind of move on with your life. But that's hard to explain in a car. Anyway, this is a good time to remind you these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Jessica, the Mule of the Week you sent to me this morning. I did send it to you. Um, I don't know where I... I don't know. It was well, on one of those, a- like... Com- compilation um places for news and it was about a show <laughs> called milf manor yeah that was it was it was the story you sent me was from the guardian mm-hmm. um so I, I knew the twist from the commercial i don't watch reality tv my idea of reality tv is watching george poveromo who has a fishing show that's on sunday mornings uh that's 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 the only reality TV I, I watch. Uh, but here's the twist: all these older women looking for younger men, and then it's revealed, oh, it's their sons, and they have to watch their sons flirt back and forth with the with the other with the other uh, with the other milfs, as the show calls them. And thank God for the Guardian for calling it the queasiest show on television. Because it's, I mean, it is a new low. It really is for, for mainstream TV. I, I told you, Howard Stern did an episode of when he was doing Howard Stern TV. And I don't know what the prize was. I mean, the prize had to be something stupid like concert tickets or something like that. Um, I don't care if the prize was ten grand, But it was a, a mother and son and... The mother answered questions about herself, about typically her sexual history, and the son had had to get a, had to uh, guess the answers, sort of like a really screwed up version of the of the um, newlywed game. 
But every question he got wrong, he had to take a piece of clothing off his mom. Mm-mm. And it was, uh, it was, but, but Howard Stern was a, is a shock jock. That's, that's, that, that's his label. This is mainstream stuff that's on what, eight or nine o'clock at night? Um, first of all, the, the term MILF was never supposed to be a badge of honor. It kind of it kind of came on after American Pie. As far as it was, it was like you said before, it's not something you would say to somebody's face. You know, you're a milf, you know, cougar or a hot mom or whatever. But the the term milf was really a guy's term. They they said to each other because because yeah. if you don't know what it stands for, look it up. It was a term that people said behind a woman's back. It wasn't something that a woman touted. Yeah, it wasn't derogatory, but it's also locker room talk is the best way to put it. Sophomoric locker room talk that, you know, is the reasons the reasons called locker room talk is it's not it's not fit for being, you know, for being out on the street. It's something that, you know, guys kind of joke around about because we are crass and, and horrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the sh- and of course, the Guardian is coming at it from being a British standpoint of looking at how crass Americans are. But I just don't know how what the entertainment value is in this. Like, what kind of screwed up refer- uh, uh, relationship do you have with your mom that you're going to like high five each other? Let's both go out and get laid. Yeah, I mean, and the hot older it's- woman thing has been a thing forever. I mean, I dated older older girls most of my life, uh, but you know, it was. I was 17 and she's, you know, 19, whatever. Or, you know, when I was in my 20s, I briefly dated a, a woman who was 40. So all that, all, all that's true, but it's just it's so, it's, they're, just, they're just in a race to the bottom to see how, how low society could get and then still make money. Of course, I thought it was funny when uh, when Courtney Courtney Cox did t- Cougar Town, because she certainly was at least at the time. Good, that was a pretty good show too, because they really did the Florida Man thing well. So anyway, so Kemp's budget proposals, uh, thirty-two and a half billion dollar request. Of course, his top priority is what. Teachers. Teacher raises. I think We're going to spend $303 million to give them the certified personnel $2,000. Whatever. It's never enough. No, it's never enough. And the job always sucks. It, we talked it, about it last it, week. I mean, I won't. Harp on yeah, it, but- no, no, not to rehash last week about it. You do this job because that's because you love working with children. You don't do the job because you thought you were going to get rich. But it's a thirty. Well, the state portion of the budget is thirty-two and a half billion dollars, and I, I hate when they say, you know, that Georgia's spending thirty-two and a half billion dollars on our. The upcoming fiscal year, because that's a lie, because when you factor in the money that the feds give us and how much it is costing to operate our state, it's really more like, I think it's another, um, I don't want to, I don't want to speak incorrectly here and it's escaping me, but I want to say it's somewhere between 20 and $25 billion more. That the feds you know, funnel down and we just don't include in the state's budget because it's stuff that we are required to do. And I'm not blaming state lawmakers for that, but it's totally disingenuous to say, we do all of this for $32.5 billion. We do not. You know, it's the same thing that happens on the on the county level. And I've, said, I've been in plenty of uh, commissioner meetings where they say it only, it's only going to cost the county X. The rest of the funding is coming. This much is coming from state. This much is coming from federal. You jackass. It's still my money. Right. 
And just because you stole you stole it from this pocket instead of this pocket doesn't mean it's not my money. It's gone. The budget has gone up again, though. I mean, I think last year it was in thirty one and some change. Before that, it was twenty nine and some change. Um, it's continuously ticked up. I understand that inflation impacts everything. I'm not discounting that, but we are, you know, I don't know. We'll talk about what they're going to do, what they want to do. But I just, between the, they want to amend the, because, you know, they always amend the fiscal year budget for the previous year before they just spend a little extra money based on additional revenues, which despite even the gas tax suspension, we, our state's still been collecting more money. So they they spend a little bit more based on collecting more than they projected. And then they also plan this budget for FY 2024, the upcoming year, which every year it is. But um, it's, it's still a sham. It's a, it's, a, it's a sham. Of course it is. Uh, we have $130 million to develop a new quick start electric vehicle training facilities uh, that provide customized workforce recruitment to further support the industry. Obviously, this is in result or in response to Rivian and Hyundai coming um, to different portions of the state, which ironically, in neither of the communities are these electric vehicle Places wanted, um, nor can, I mean, I know I can speak for South Georgia when I say we can't accommodate it. We don't have the infrastructure and everything else. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying that the state should just jump in and, and do it for these small counties. But um, instead of developing a quick start vehicle training facility and for $130 million, like, why don't you help? build out some of the the roads and the infrastructures and establish grants for, you know, you're not, they're building all these subdivisions and they don't have schools for these people. You want all these people to come work here. You're talking about 10,000 jobs in South Georgia alone. I don't know where you're going to find all those people, but let's build an electric vehicle training facility for workforce recruitment. Like these companies, first of all, these companies need to recruit on their own. And I think Rivian is is in uh, is in financial trouble. Good. Um, one, I don't think they've they've rolled a single truck out, have they? I don't this believe is, so. This is all this is all theoretical. But uh, as this is going along, it's getting much more expensive for them. the The government's already already gave Rivian so many concessions. I I, I don't understand. I I, I guess I, I guess I don't understand because. This could be one of those trade school type things where you're not going to charge the 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 student; they're going to go for free. Mm-hmm. So, 130 million dollars is just to build it or b- build them. I think it was uh, was it two two different facilities they want to do. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's just to put that's just to put the the building up. Then you have to maintain it. Then you have to pay instructors. You have to recruit instructors because I don't. There are not many people in the state who are experts on on how to build electric vehicles. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a uh, it's a hole in which we'll, we're going to continue to throw money until it, forever for the rest of our lives. And I, I know I I know we have the Aviation Academy going into Paulding County and all that stuff, uh, but at least that industry actually exists. Well, and tell me this, okay? Small businesses are having a hard time hiring people. Big businesses are having a hard time finding people. And we're going to specially train people for these types of jobs when there are people who have, there are businesses, small and large, that have been begging and pleading for people to come work for them and and to try to find skilled labor. And there's, there's no training for it. Hell, The GBI cannot find any medical examiners because they are not paying enough and people aren't getting trained to become medical examiners. 
our own state agencies don't have this. The so so as a result, autopsies are slow and backed up, and the reports take months, and so that slows down cases. And it, I mean, all these trickle down things, and that's just one small. Um, I get not industry, but profession the, that is affected it, by a lack of the the necessary skill. But the state is going to hone in and t- and create the workers that these special industries need. That is that kind of crap is why people think that all the people involved are getting kickbacks. That's why because of dumbassery like this. It's not unreasonable to think that. Um. GDC fifty one million. Yeah. So in the, um, in the amended budget, they're giving them fifty one million for emergency maintenance and repairs at existing existing facilities. I think it's hilarious that they need fifty one million dollars for emergency repairs that they didn't budget last year. Like, whatever. Um, and then they're going to do twenty six million in bonds to do the same in the next coming or the upcoming fiscal year. And then the horrific um, mega prison that they're planning on building for twenty five million dollars to meet future space needs for the correction system, um, which is phenomenal because they're you know the federal private prisons are closing um, because of. Well, a lot of reasons, but we've started phasing them out. But there's private prisons that are closing and um, at the federal level, not the state level. The state of Georgia is very pro-private prison. But we are buying them as a state. We are buying these facilities from the federal government. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, from these private companies that had contracts with the federal government. And we're buying their facilities to use for tens of millions of dollars. And I'm assuming that they're going to need upgrades, which is fine. But if we're buying facilities that were partially empty anyway, because they've started letting people out and just the way that the federal government moves inmates around, like we're talking about empty facilities that didn't have any state inmates. Why do we also need to spend $25 million to build a mega prison when we just and we just shuttered Georgia State Prison? which is a massive facility, a max security that had all kinds of deferred maintenance. It's going to be turned into a museum, but it's this sprawling building that just had, they didn't take care of it. Like, I just, I can't comprehend why we allow the buildings to deteriorate. And then we're like, oh, we're going to spend all this money. And then a couple of years later, they're like, oh man, you know what? It costs more to continue repairing it. So we're going to just build new and then let these buildings sit and, also, well, stop arresting people for stupid, and then you won't need more space. That that I was about to say. If if we st- if we quit with the stupid laws, uh, that that would alleviate lo- a lot of the the stress on it. Look, if they're going to build the mega prison, they better damn well build something that is cell phone and. Uh, uh, not cell phone penetrate. Can, they can't penetrate with cell signal. Make a Faraday cage out of it. Mm-hmm. They say they can't do it now because if you put uh, blockers, the, the, uh, the prisoners will just destroy them. Now you can build it into the prison. So we don't get a well, murder for Well, they say that. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it, that's so complicated too. I mean, they say that they can't do it because the FCC and... Take I, I I mean of all the like I think I've talked about it on the show before like take on that battle that is a that is a that is absolutely a fight that the state should take on and play the victim and tell this, the feds to go f themselves like these people these these you the feds want you to keep everyone in prison who is actually dangerous and let everyone else out so if you do that and you keep the most dangerous heinous awful criminals in prison then your facilities need to make sure that those dangerous, heinous, awful people are actually kept away from the rest of the world. And well, our prisons don't do that at all right now. Well, you know, a Faraday cage is not is not active cell phone blocking. 
Right. It's passive. Right. Uh, it's why if you go into a lot of metal buildings, you just won't get signal. Uh, so if you if you if you do away with the signal, you do you do with with the you do away with the ability to privately communicate with people on the outside, which is where uh, you get orders for the contraband and all that stuff. But anyway, not, 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 prison reform is is a very old subject. It's been a subject of conversation for I mean hundreds of years, and it's going to continue to be because. All we do is throw money at emergencies. We don't actually change anything that could have a lasting impact. Right. We run around with a fire hose and and put out put out the flames here 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 here, but do nothing to prevent the the next uh, next flare up. Right. So we're we're with the Department of Corrections is completely reactionary and not proactive at all. Uh. 3.2 million local uh, repayment plan for the state and local law enforcement. So they're going to, I guess this is more of a pilot program than anything. I'm not sure. But they're going to give up to 800 officers a loan pay, pay, repayment plan um, in exchange for five years of service at $20,000 per officer. Whatever. I know they're desperate. I I mean, I know they're desperate. I just don't know. Honestly, I don't know if that's enough because I don't think people are not going into law enforcement because they're afraid they can't afford the law enforcement academy. That is the law enforcement academy of all the education we've gone we've got going on is is not an unreasonable cost, you know? Right. So I don't know. I I, um, I don't that it's bad when we get to the, the the smaller numbers like that, and we're talking about millions of dollars, which you know, you, to you and me, would be life change life changing amount of money. And we're like, ah, that's a small potatoes for a pilot program. Uh, right. Two hundred forty three million in FY twenty four to provide state employees with cost of living increase of two thousand dollars. Jesus. I mean. It's not a one-time pay bump. That's what people don't understand. I mean, obviously the employees understand, but like the people who are like, oh, it's okay. No, we have to sustain that. And I understand that costs of everything are going up, but like, I don't know. It's just so, how do how do people think we're going to sustain these budgets when we hit a, with a recession for real? You think it's hard they- now. People are still spending money. What did I just say about the GDC? Right. They go around trying to put out these little fires and never, never address the source of ignition. That they're not looking at uh, six months, a year down the road with what's going to happen when when we do get the the full force of the recession. They're not looking that far. They're looking at today. Put the fire out today. I mean, think about this. How many how many school buses do you think it takes to get kids to school in Paulding County? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, 50? I think that's fair. Because they, I mean, they do try to share them among schools and stagger and stuff. I have no idea. But we're going to spend 200, I mean, sorry, 22 million eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars in bonds to replace two hundred and fifty nine school buses. Keep in mind what a bond is. It's a loan. So well it's when you, for the school, the school districts. Well you're I understand about but, but, it, but it's a loan thousand dollars a bus. Who, yeah for people who buy municipal municipal bonds, uh when people move out of the stock market and go to municipal bonds uh, those interest rates come up, which means the bond, it, it, the interest rate that investors get paid comes from the municipalities that are paying for, paying for that loan. So, in, in which case, the individual investor becomes the lender to municipal government. So, those are loans that have to be paid back with interest out of the taxpayer dollars, because government doesn't create anything. They, the government doesn't generate money; it can only steal it. Sorry, Jess. No, it's fine. I just, like, 
$18 million to fund the increased employer share of health insurance costs for the University System of Georgia. Um, I mean, I understand. And we find out. What? I was going to say, and we find out that we have declining enrollment numbers in the University System of Georgia. For the second year in a row. But yet, despite that, the... Um, the budget, the governor's budget is an increase of funding of $124 million, including $2,000 raises for everyone, faculty and employees. Um, so we've got declining enrollment. You have $124 million more for the budget. And then Sonny Perdue, the chancellor, beloved chancellor, says that formulas are the formulas have said that public colleges and universities are going to see um student funding cuts which means that the, the universities are going to get less money so <clears throat> where is the money going so you have a decline in enrollment you're going to take money away from the universities in terms of their actual like the equivalent of what they use for FTE of what a public school is you know and and then you're going to give them 124 more million dollars but again 87 and a half of that money million of that money is going to the raises which is why people think that higher education is absolutely asinine because i understand that people a lot of people work for the state or in public in the public sector because they do get the benefits of health insurance but you're talking about an 18 million dollar increase for this university system alone and then you're talking about 87 million for the $2,000 raises. So you're giving them a cost of living increase of $2,000 a year, plus you're covering whatever they're getting in the increase on health insurance. So you're talking about $100 million just on employees, like that you're, because if your if your health insurance goes up and it costs more, that's a raise. Well, you know, there's, the the one thing I I do like about this is it includes all faculty members, uh, because if the if the janitor doesn't keep do, doesn't fix, you know the lights the, the lights aren't coming on. Uh, sure. What I don't like is this idea that that college professors and public school teachers are in the same boat. If uh, if you're tenured at University of Georgia or Georgia Tech, you're doing fairly well. You're probably making three times what a public school teacher is. Yeah, you, you're doing fairly well. Uh, you know, it, it, now I'm not diminishing the fact that it took a long time to get the credentials to to be able to, to teach physics at UGA or uh, or uh, cybersecurity somewhere or uh, whatever the hell they do at Georgia Tech and the math that I can't even fathom because it's got too many letters in it. Um, but those those professors are separate from the professors at Georgia Highland College, college, which is right down the road from me, which is a two year school, and most of those most of those professors aren't rolling in it. It it's an oversimplification to say we're going to do a two thousand dollar increase across the board, because uh, again the 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 person who is and, and again I don't they don't they don't do poorly. If, when you teach at Georgia Highlands, it's not like it's you're not you're not eating ramen noodles five days a week in order to to afford to to live as a professor at Georgia Highlands. But teaching physics at Georgia Highlands and teaching physics at UGA, there's a huge pay difference. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Sonny's not my favorite person anyway. No, but he he woke me up one day when I was sleeping. I wasn't very happy with him. Yeah, yeah. I was in New Orleans after uh, for Katrina, and uh, we got uh, so I, I'd been on I'd been on midnight shift, and someone rattled me, got got me up, and, and got dressed, and it was just to go see the governor, who I'd met several times. Like shook my hand, goes, "How's how you doing, big guy?" I'm like, "I'm going back to bed." So <laughs> I, I I always remember that with Sonny Purdue is I'd been asleep for two hours and to wake me up just to shake his hand. Screw him. I'm going back to bed. All right, Uh, our quick run-through. We have bills in the house. Justice for high school football. 
Yeah, this one's really gross. Um, basically, the legislation, which is bipartisan, has leadership um, support and just it's just gross. Um, law, the lawmakers have filed this bill to make sure that high schools that receive state funding are barred from participating in interscholastic sporting events that don't, quote, utilize instant replay for high school football championship games. Um because there was a huge to-do about um, the championship game for GHSA a couple months ago. They they weren't able to look at the instant replay, and they say that it would have – the officials weren't able to. And then, of course, like analytics after showed that the results would have been different and people were robbed of a championship and blah de blah de blah I, Not I, the proper I, role of government at all. Like no matter where you cut it. Beyond that, it's not the role of government has should have nothing to do with high school athletics. High school athletics should be completely funded by either the boosters or whatever. Have or nothing dudes, to do with yeah. it. Uh, look, I played high school football. I think I think uh, playing team sports is a is a wonderful education for for uh, young men. Certainly, um, way to funnel that 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 aggression and uh, uh, testosterone that that young men have and and haven't learned to to control quite yet and it's a controlled release for them i think i think there's huge benefits to to participating in sports i also don't think it's the taxpayer's obligation to fund it um instant reply all right look human error is part of sports now we've mitigated it in in the nfl with instant replay somewhat in college but even baseball, which does have instant replay for some things, uh, recognizes that human error is part of it. You can't use instant replay for balls and strikes in baseball because human error is part of the game. It's You're going to add to the expense of having to have uh, instant replay because the, the, the money that goes into college athletics, and the money that goes in, obviously into professional sports, I mean, is humongous. The the ability to to replay on the field from multiple camera angles in a high school game. Suck it up. Sometimes sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. If, if they have if they have instant replay, fine, okay, great. But yeah, it's not it's not the role of government. Just. I got called for for late hits that that you know if had you had them able to look at at instant replays see that it wasn't late or whatever, um, but it's just ah oh, man, it's high school. Well, all right, anyway, Jess. We're, sorry, are we we're like way over too. So yeah, I mean, yeah, can all right, we got these for the, next week. But no, the I, only one I do want to get do want to say is the defining antisemitism. Uh, it, it, it Webster already did it for us. It's a page long. Well, all bills should be a page long. No, the entire definition is a page long. Oh yeah, uh, uh, just I. First of all, what, how why is it incumbent upon a state to define a word? We all know what it is, it, and it, it is repugnant. But I don't, I, I don't know if this is just. If we're trying to get Israeli business and, and, and kissing butt or what, I have no idea what that comes down to. But don't worry. There are plenty of more absurd bills we'll get to in the coming weeks. Jessica, your your closing thought? Um. Yeah, so this past week we learned that George McMichael, the father of the McMichael name and that we heard in the Ahmaud Arbery murder case, um, is going to serve his life out in prison in the, because he was, they were sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Um, he's going to serve it out in Augusta State Medical Prison. He was at Jackson. He's been at Jackson since they were transferred there last um, summer, I guess. And people are outraged. And one, the media is like, we're, we're, we're learning to find out more. Okay, well, the media is not going to find out more. As somebody who has covered the Department of Corrections intensely, um, they're not going to tell you because it's called HIPAA. Um, 
But also, unless the McMichaels release it, like, that's not going to happen. Second, I don't really know what people expected. The guy is 66 years old. Um, and he was in general population, which is what everybody wanted. But, like, if that was a stressful situation or if he was injured or if something happened that caused his health to decline because, I don't know, he's in prison and his quality of life has declined. Um, I'm not saying that's not that it shouldn't have, but it, it did. <clears throat> These things happen, and we shouldn't be surprised that the 66-year-old man is being moved to a facility for people who are older, sicker, have health problems and complications and things like that. Um, And I I think it's just so gross. I guess this could have been the mule of the week, but it's really just a little bit more of a pontification than anything. Like, it's so gross that the same people who are constantly talking about how we need prison reform and justice reform and we should treat people like humans, like in cases like this, they totally abandon their principles and they're like, I don't care. Like, I hope whatever happens to them happens to them. And and I know we all have cases that get to us and make us feel that way. But at the end of the day, like, it's something we say to people that we're close to, not Things that like you go out and one day you're professing that, you know, conditions should be better. And the next day you're telling everyone that these people should rot and burn and be bludgeoned to death and everything else. Also, the whole thing that like most of us on all sides, the tough on crime, the reform side, whatever side it is, what everyone has been saying is that GDC's responsibility is to keep them inside and to keep them alive. That is their only responsibility. So, if they're keeping him inside and now they're working to keep him alive, they're doing their job. So stop being a dumbass and acting like this is some egregious thing that's happening because George McMichael was moved from diagnostic prison to the freaking medical prison. I assure you, it might be a little bit cozier because the bed might go up and down with a remote, but it's not a great place to be. It's still prison which is what they all wanted. He will never again breathe air that's not uh, striped. He will die alone. He will he will die alone in prison. Hey look, I'm not I'm not taking up the guy. I'm of course not. Up the guy. Uh, but what is but, the difference of dying alone in a cell in Jackson, Georgia, and dying in a cell alone that has a bed with a remote that goes up and down because it's a hospital bed in Augusta? It, it it makes no difference to society because he's been removed from it. Where he is and why is nobody's business. Uh, it, it, it could be, he's only in his 60s. Could be heart condition. Could be they took a shiv. We don't know. And we will not know. And it's not our business. If it was a crime, it is our, it is our business. Right. If there was a crime committed. I should say that the crime itself is our business. You know, his medical prognosis is not. Yeah, that's the other thing. GDC covers up violence and crime in prison. So if it was that, I, I think we would know by now. Because um, those yeah, inmates... Yeah, we'd want to know. And, yeah. Um, the fact that it's not is it's a medical condition. So it's none of our business. That's just right. it. Well, I'm going to bounce off of yours. I was I was between two things. Uh, bounce off of yours. Ron Jeremy is not going to go to court. He has been judged mentally incompetent to stand trial for multiple sexual assaults. Really? Really. So, in our tradition of making sure we bring up porn every show, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Jeremy won't uh, will not have to face his accusers. Uh, he's going to be transferred to a mental health facility and live out his days there. Uh, the prosecution has asked that the, that periodic periodical uh, checkups are made to see if basically see if he's faking it, but they're saying his his cognitive decline is is so bad at this point that he's not competent to stand trial. Interesting, anyway. Great. So, <laughs> so for Eric Cumbie, our editor, who turns awful audio into something that you can listen to. For Jessica Salaji, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week.
hollering out to me.